Welcome to the Rich Room Podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Sobel. Where you can master the art of enriching your life. What kind of kindergarten shit is this? And finding a path to financial freedom. Who the fuck was supposed to teach me how to do my taxes? So sit back, relax, and step into the Rich Room. You know I can't help these cause they know they can never touch these. Welcome to the Rich Room Podcast, everybody. How are y'all doing today? I'm kind of having a bit of an existential crisis because I just learned that Kevin's mom in the first home alone was 36 years old at the time. When I look back on that movie and I think of how I perceived Kevin's mom when I was a child, it was like as an older woman, like a woman past her prime. Not to say that in a bad way, but yeah, that's how I saw her. So now as I approach 35, I just feel like we as a society have changed significantly and I like it. Wow, I just realized that the next time I put this podcast out, I will be 35. Whew. Okay, let's do a Bravo roundup. First, I have to mention the Vanderpump Rules trailer. We learned that Tom and Ariana, who broke up earlier this year, are still living together in that house that they own. Ugh. Tom Schwartz bleached his hair platinum blonde. Geesh. And we also learned that Sheena and Tom Schwartz have made out before. Y'all, I have never seen a group of friends who fuck each other over like this. It's the same with Southern Charm. I follow a lot of Bravo accounts on Instagram, obviously, and there's this blind item from somebody anonymous saying that there is a Southeast show on Bravo that is going to end and get a retool of the show, and I think it's Southern Charm. While these people are entertaining, they just fuck each other over constantly, and they're supposed to be best friends. It's very sad to see. I was sad to hear that Neca from Potomac was not happy with her wedding. And she said that she got really upset about it. And I can totally relate to that because I also had not so great of a time at my wedding. I mean, obviously I'm getting divorced now, so do with that what you will. But it's very depressing to have this like major production that you've planned for months and months and to be so unhappy with the outcome. It's almost like you don't want to complain at all because no one knows what you're going through. So complaining about something that everyone else sees as like a spectacular event and very grand and lovely and you see it as something you did not enjoy at all. I feel like it easily comes across as ungrateful. But it totally seems like NECA and Ike are good. I don't think there's an issue there. But I feel for her, and I'm actually really glad that she brought it up. Wendy calling NECA a crackhead was way the fuck out of line. Like, where the hell did that even come from? And she keeps saying she doesn't know who NECA is, so if she doesn't know who NECA is, how would she have any basis to call her a crackhead? Loved Wendy's outfit, though, that she wore to the distillery. She wore a black sheer shirt with a black leather skirt that had, like, this black feather fringe, black cowboy boots, Perfection. Wendy got something right. Oh, guys, Salt Lake City is pretty fucking good this season. And all I want for Christmas is a reel of Brooks Marks running in snowshoes. And then piggyback that reel 
to a different reel of him massaging his face with that squeaky roller. That would be lovely. Y'all, Heather Gay is getting on my fucking nerves. And she also fucking played Lisa. Lisa's like, Whitney has no influence over me unless you're Jesus Christ, God, or my children, or my husband. You are not influencing You are not influencing me. Except fucking Heather is influencing you right the fuck now. Knowing that she can manipulate you by saying something inflammatory about Whitney Rose, Heather is not really my favorite anymore like she once was. For example, Whitney and Angie went into the gorgeous ocean in Bermuda and Heather from her balcony screams, Shark! Shark! You can't see it, but it's there's a fucking shark! There was no fucking shark. I would have throat punched that bitch if she did that to me. That is not funny. Heather is a fucking hater and she definitely is meddling in Whitney and Lisa's friendship. She's like, what are you talking about meddling? All I said was that you told me that you're helping Lisa become less self-absorbed. I don't know what you mean by meddling. Ugh. And I saw an interview of Heather from BravoCon and she's discussing, you know, the moment where she receives the phone call and starts freaking out on her balcony and the cameras run to her. We haven't seen it yet on the show, but there's a preview of it. Anyways, when she's talking to this interviewer at BravoCon, she's like, you know, it was my hot mic moment. Comparing it to the hot mic moment that Lisa had a few seasons ago, it's almost like she's relishing in the attention and it's really gross. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it says something about me that I think it's gross. I don't know. But I don't care for Heather right now. I also don't really care for Monica, but I feel for Monica. I feel like her issues with her mom are very, very deep-rooted. And it doesn't seem to be improving. Meredith is kind of funny. You know, for an attorney, she's not very good at sleuthing. She literally is the only one on the cast who is an attorney. And people keep randomly getting sent legal documents via DMs on Instagram. And she's like, not me. Uh-uh, not me. And she also admitted a few seasons ago to hiring a private investigator and compiling information on every cast member. So she's really not good at being inconspicuous. Oh, Southern Charm. Uh, the million dollar question on everyone's mind is, did Austin and Taylor have sex? And I had to take this question to the streets. And by the streets, I mean Reddit. I fucking love Reddit. It took me a very long time to come around, but I love it. And apparently Reddit is filled with Bravo watchers. Because when I googled, did Austin and Taylor from Southern Charm have sex, Reddit, I got quite the response. Here are some of my favorite comments to the thread that Taylor said on Watch What Happens Live that she and Austin had about 12 to 15 sleepovers. That's oddly specific. Anyways, okay, my favorite comments are, the first one posted by Dazzling Toe 4955 says, they are having sex. It's that simple. If they were both honest about it, it might have been better for them. Couldn't agree more. Icy Gal says, Austin is a wannabe chef. He wants his cake and eat it too. The girlfriend experience, but the freedom to bang other girls if they are separated or fighting. Or just bored in their relationships. Icy Gal, I totally agree with you. And my favorite comment that was only one word, but it said it all and was written by Slurn29 simply saying, trifling. What else needs to be said? 
I could go without JT saying another fish analogy on Southern Charm. He is a short king, but he has a lot of fish analogies. If JT was taller than Shep, he would absolutely dominate him. The only thing that Shep has on JT is height. I'm convinced that Shep and Austin are desired mainly because of their height. Just imagine Shep and Austin are both 5'7", and tell me if you think they would be pulling the girls they're pulling. You tell me. Okay, the final Bravo show I'm watching right now is Southern Hospitality. It's a really great show with really hot people working in a nightclub, and it's on season two, so it's a great time to get in if you haven't already started the Bravo train. The biggest thing that happened in this first episode is that the fan favorite, Maddie, finds out that her boyfriend cheated on her a second time. Last season, Maddie was considering whether or not to get back with Trevor because he had previously cheated on her. And so now she's living with him. They're a couple and, oh, whoopsie daisies, he cheats on her again. Whew, she'll figure it out. I feel like I'm a person who can figure out anything. Well, it took me a long time to figure out self-care, self-love, positive self-talk, but I figured it out. Like, drop me in a situation and I'll probably cry first. And if I'm not crying on the outside, then I'm definitely crying on the inside. But I would be able to figure that shit out. Like, I would be so good at the Hunger Games, as long as you didn't have to talk on the phone to another person or go to the grocery store during peak hours. But there are people out there who just figure shit out, like highly capable people. Do you know how many printers and Wi-Fi networks are online because of me? I'm great in an office setting. Until going above and beyond starts to feel like drowning. It's really crazy reflecting back on where I was a year ago. I actually resigned from my law firm job almost exactly one year ago today. And making the decision to leave was really, really hard. Because it felt like I was letting everyone down. People are shocked to learn that I wanted to leave law, but ask anyone who's worked in a mid-sized law firm and they will tell you that it's not so shocking. Actually, it doesn't even have to be mid-sized, just law firm. I just did not see a future working in a law firm. And there was really never anyone's life who I wanted. And most people just did not seem happy. I remember at one of my jobs, one of the partners took a group of associates out to lunch and the discussion was jokingly around billing or something, like how high the billable hour requirement was. And this was all done in like a joking banter. And I remember the partner saying, man, I wish all I had to do was get my billable hours. I have so much extra work now than I did when I was an associate. Uh, dude, you are not making this shit seem enjoyable. And I don't have any time now. How the fuck am I going to have more time in the future? Like, something to look forward to? It just wasn't enough for me. I was sick of hoping that I would get blessed with a large bonus. Like, please, sir, can I have some health care? I remember I was at one job that made me wait three months before my health insurance kicked in. And I think this is a common practice, but like, what the fuck are you supposed to do in the meantime to not have a lapse? I was just sick of hoping and wishing and like killing myself for a decent raise. It just wasn't enough. The juice wasn't worth the squeeze. At this time last year, I was having panic attacks nearly every single day. I would even wake up in the middle of the night and start having a panic attack. It was very bad. And I was taking on too much at work because there really wasn't any other option. 
I was on so many files at work. I felt very guilty about leaving because I felt like the work would have to go to someone else. But at that point, I, I just couldn't take it anymore. And my family was begging me to resign. And ultimately, I made the decision to resign. And it really was the first time, maybe ever, that I put myself first. And that decision to put myself first was the start of more decisions where I would put myself first. It was like a snowball effect. And I feel like I haven't gone wrong with putting myself first at this point in my life. No, don't get me wrong. There are obviously times where I'm going to not put myself first. But now, after never doing it for so long, it feels really important. Y'all, I really am not the same person I was last year. Being physically three states away from where I've lived for the past 10 years really gave me the space to heal and start evolving into who I am. And everything feels scary and new because everything is brand spanking new. In this new headspace, I feel like like I'm a baby deer, like just learning to walk. That's how I explained it to my daughter because as you can imagine... We have to figure out the boundaries of me being here in Miami while she is also attending college in Miami because I don't want to be a crutch for her and stunt the growth she's supposed to have going to college and becoming an adult. But when she sees that mom is just a hop, skip, and a jump away, it's tempting for her to rely on me and fall back on me. But I'm also going through my own life change and this is a time where she's supposed to be taking care of herself more and I'm supposed to be taking care of myself more. So the other day I was like, listen, listen, honey, I'm like a baby deer right now. I'm all wobbling. I can barely even walk. I'm just trying to figure out where I'm even at. And sometimes it feels like you, and I'm talking to my daughter right now, it feels like you say, hold me, and try and jump into my arms. And then I'm like, but I'm a baby deer. I think she got the message. As I have stated before, I am considering canceling Spotify. At first, the competition was just between Spotify and Apple, but now Tidal has entered the chat room, and I'm leaning to only staying with Tidal, and Apple Music really isn't even in the running anymore. It's either Tidal or Spotify. And I'm going to be completely honest with you, I did not think that Tidal had a broad range of music, and that's probably a little biasy of me. You gotta check your bias, people. Everyone's got it. You gotta check it. And in doing my evaluation of Tidal versus Spotify, I started searching some of my favorite music tracks on Tidal. I looked up the Avit Brothers November Blue. Tidal's got it. I looked up Float On by Modest Mouse. Tidal's got it. I even looked up Let It Go from Frozen. It was there, and I sang the fuck out of that song in my living room. This probably isn't a good sign, but every single time I get real deep into singing, my cat Lydia starts attacking me, like biting me and attacking my legs. It's almost as if she's begging me to stop singing, but I finish strong. And I just run around the house with Lydia chasing me. I knew that the ultimate title test would be to check for musical theater. I'll just go right out and say it. I'm a theater person. I grew up doing community theater. I dabbled in a little theater in college. And now I live every day with a flair for the theatrics. I love going to see musical theater live. It's very powerful to be sitting in the audience, listening to these incredibly talented people. 
And I'm just an all-around theater kid nerd. I love Jesus Christ Superstar, Rent, Spring Awakening, Wicked, obviously. Ooh, I saw The Color Purple is coming out in theaters, and it's been, like, revamped. I am very excited to see that. But my favorite musical to sing my little heart to, all over the house, with a microphone that is actually a long candle lighter, is Les Miserables, which in French translates to The Miserable Ones. I am finding the humor in this. What is going on with me? Am I super emo? One of my top songs of 2023 was Never Felt So Alone, and now my favorite musical is The Miserable Ones? You know, one time I auditioned for a community theater musical and the feedback that I got was like, you know, you, you did good, but you're very serious. And it was, it was good, but you're like heavy and emotional. And I'm in the corner crying like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm just kidding. I wasn't crying. But I did get that feedback and I'm starting to see a theme. And y'all know I love Dashboard Confessionals. That is super emo. Okay, back to Les Mis. It is a musical, but it's kind of like an opera in the sense that there are almost no words and almost all, well, if not all, the dialogue is done through singing. And I know every fucking word. The original production of Les Mis was in 1987, and it is based on a book written in 1862. Have y'all fallen asleep yet? I'm sorry, this might only be interesting to me, but here we fucking go. The story is based on the Paris Uprising of 1832, and this may not sound very interesting, but there is a reason that this production continues to be relevant for 35 years. There was even a movie with Anne Hathaway and Hugh Jackman. It was good, but it's not my favorite version. My favorite production of Les Mis is the 25th anniversary production. There's no one really famous in it. Well, I take that back. Norm Lewis is in it, and he was also in Scandal and played Olivia Pope's old boyfriend, Edison. Anywho, this is a very obscure version of Les Mis, and I really love it. But unfortunately, Tidal does not have this version of Les Mis. There are other versions of Les Mis on Tidal, but not this specific version. I was kind of bummed until I realized that The only reason to have Spotify Premium is to not have ads. So I can deal with that. I can deal with that. I can listen to this specific version of Les Mis and just have to deal with ads. I also tried to find this version on iTunes and no dice. There's got to be a way to get a version of that production. So it's settled. I'm canceling Spotify Premium. I will say this though, I think on all music streaming platforms, we need to have a button that you can easily push that will switch all content to explicit content. Meaning, you could just push a button and all of the content you get is not edited. Because let me tell you, there is nothing like saying, hey Siri, play My House by Beyonce on Tidal. And then Tidal plays the fucking edited version. I wonder if you can ask Siri to play the explicit version. Whatever, you shouldn't have to. There should be an easy button that you can push where all of your content will be unedited. I need to hear Beyonce say, get the fuck up out my house. Get the fuck up out my house. Get the fuck up out my house. So I made a few purchases to get my house to my liking. I have a pretty nice sized backyard and the landlord landscaped it really nicely. 
I feel like I should take advantage of the year-round warm weather in Miami and have a lovely backyard area with like twinkling lights and an area to sunbathe and flowers and water features and maybe even a gazebo if I'm feeling frisky. One purchase that I'm extremely happy with is a day bed that I purchased from Amazon. Now, it's a day bed, but the pieces actually come apart and you can have two seating areas if you want. And there's a centerpiece that can serve as a little table. But when the day bed is together, it's like spacious and luxurious. And it also comes with this canopy that attaches to the day bed, giving a good amount of shade and privacy. This day bed is pretty fucking big, but when it arrived, it was in two large boxes. Now, as I said before, I'm pretty handy. I know my way around a drill. I can measure the fuck out of something. And when I have a project to focus on, I can really get into it. Well, it took me two days to put the day bed together, and I only cried once. But the outcome was worth it, and I didn't even break a nail. That's the real victory here. This past Saturday, after I put the day bed together, I just sat outside and enjoyed the weather. I was playing music, I got myself a cappuccino, and I was drinking it on the day bed, pretending I was in Greece. And I'm proud to say that my ass was in a bathing suit. A two-piece, in fact. See, I bought a French-cut bikini, meaning high-waisted, but I've literally never worn that style before, and so my tan lines ingrained into my flesh from when I started wearing bikinis was low-cut. So I need to blend the tan lines a little bit because it looks kind of weird. The weirdest thing to me, though, is how the fuck do I have any tan lines when I've been holed up like a vampire for most of 2023? Riddle me that. Anyways, the day bed was a lifesaver for me because I was hella uncomfortable being in a bathing suit in my backyard. And I don't know why, but I've always been very, very self-conscious about my body. And I've only recently been on the self-love train. But because this day bed had this very large canopy for protection and privacy, I was able to comfortably sit outside on my day bed and I was protected from like most neighborly eyes. There's really a lot of trees and greenery where I live, and it truly feels like you're in the jungle. Just this morning, a huge group of very large, very colorful parrots landed on one of the trees in my backyard. There's also lizards everywhere. That was my biggest fear laying out the other day. I was very worried that a lizard would crawl on me, but no lizard entered my space. And I had a really lovely day outside on my little day bed and under my canopy. This is going to be a regular thing for me. Oh my gosh, and I cannot wait to get my fire pit. The only thing that I have to keep in mind is that I'm going to have to be able to move this stuff or secure it if or really when a hurricane hits next. I have a shed in the backyard, so I think that between that and the house, I should be good. Ooh, I also bought a pressure washer. I cannot wait to try that baby out. So I went to the dentist the other day and I had a lovely experience. As I'm sure you all know, I don't know anyone here and I haven't made any friends and a best friend has not been delivered to my door yet. And when I say I don't have any friends, I don't mean I don't have any friends anywhere. I got some friends. They just don't live here. And while you are in charge of making shit happen in your life, we do not go through life alone. We have to get people to help us. And that is my rich bitch tip of the week. We do not get through life alone. 
We need people. We just need to be wise in choosing who those people are. So I'm going to need to meet some people to build a life here. And maybe I can be friends with my dentist and the whole staff at her office because never in my life have I had such a wonderful dentist experience. And it might have had something to do with the complimentary nitrous. And might I say, I thoroughly enjoyed the complimentary nitrous because I basically always have hated the dentist. And it wasn't really all the dentist that I hated, but there was a dental hygienist from childhood that I hated named Bridget. There wasn't anything wrong with her per se. I just don't think she should be working with children. Like she wasn't kind or warm or maybe she or maybe I just needed more of that than other kids. Who knows? She would always very sternly tell you that you were doing something wrong. Like you're not opening your mouth wide enough or some shit. And then she would sigh very loudly like <sighs> like it was apparent that she was annoyed with you. So you can imagine, I was sort of excited to get my first cavity because you get the nitrous. And when I got that, I was like, uh, am I floating? Fuck you, Bridget. I'm floating. And then you have to come back down and face the old bitch, Bridget. I swear that dental hygienists will stab you with an instrument. You start bleeding. And then they tell you that you don't floss enough. To be completely candid, I don't floss enough. I'm much better than I used to be because I cracked a tooth on a crouton and I had to get a crown, so I'm really protective of my teeth. I have pretty large teeth, and they're pretty straight thanks to braces. When I recently went to the dentist, I had to have x-rays taken, and the hygienist was looking at the x-rays, and she was like, wow, you have, like, really long roots in your teeth. And I was like, oh, my God, thank you. It must be something from my Neanderthal genetic descent. Oh, so something I forgot to mention about my DNA last time, not to brag, but there was also Neanderthal genetics in my DNA makeup. So according to 23andMe, Neanderthals were prehistoric humans who mated with, I guess, regular humans before disappearing 40,000 years ago. I don't really know what to do with this information, except that I've always known that I wasn't fully human. And this finally confirms it as did my 1% unassigned DNA from my 23andMe report, which there can only be one possible explanation. I am an alien superstar. But this most recent dentist experience was quite lovely, and my dental hygienist was so nice. And this is really weird because my gums usually bleed, but for the first time, like, ever, my gums haven't bled when I was getting my teeth cleaned. I know that that's an insignificant fact, but it feels like a good sign for me. And I'm going to take them where I can get them, okay? My dental hygienist also moved out of state to Miami. And we were talking about just like the different stuff about Miami. I was telling her about my daughter. She told me about this guy that I could Zoom with who could help me learn Spanish, which I might have to give him a call. And it was just an all-around lovely dental cleaning. And the complimentary nitrous helped. I already have my checkup in the books. And I didn't even realize it at the time, but I'm pretty sure it's an all-female staff, including the dentist and the rest of the employees. And that's kind of amazing. When the dentist came to check on my teeth, she came in and the first thing she said to me, because she knew I was new to town, was, do people speak Spanish to you? And I was like, yes, why? She was like, because you look Hispanic. And I was like, I don't know Spanish, but I'm trying. She was absolutely wonderful. It was so refreshing to have a positive dental experience. Because they haven't always been good. 
I remember one time I was getting a cavity filled and you know how they just like numb your mouth with medication with the shot in your jaw? Well, they did that and then left me for like a fucking hour. I don't know if this dude went on his lunch break. I don't know if he went and ran some errands. I don't know if he was smoking cigarettes in the back contemplating life. But he was gone, and by the time he came back, the medication had worn off some, and it was pretty fucking painful. And I did not want to go back to the dentist ever again. And honestly, I don't think I did go back to the dentist for years after that, because it was such a horrible experience. So I had another community interaction, but this time it was from the sanitation workers. The first was from my lovely neighbor encouraging everyone to decorate for Christmas which is so nice and I totally agree with him. But this isn't the year for me to go above and beyond for someone else because I thought about buying decorations and I asked myself, why was I buying decorations? Because when I thought about going to get decorations, it felt like a burden. And I realized that the only reason I was seriously considering decorating the outdoors of my house as requested by my neighbor is because I did not want to feel like shame, neighborhood shame for not decorating and lighting up the neighborhood with fucking holiday cheer. So I decided that I was not going to decorate outside. But I've decorated quite a bit inside and I'm very happy with the outcome. My second community interaction was from another neighbor who knocked on my door to alert me about the community meeting regarding a newly sanctioned park. They wanted input from the community to decide what futures to have at this park. I did not attend the meeting because I was attending the Renaissance film. This third community interaction comes from the sanitation workers. Now, the trash and recycling works a little different here than anyone else I've ever lived. You do not bring your trash cans to the street to be picked up. Instead, you keep your trash cans in the recycling bin on the side of your house and the sanitation workers come up to the side of your house with a little wheelbarrow thing and they get your trash out of the trash cans for you and they get your recycling. Well, the other day, I saw an envelope under my windshield wiper on my car and I was like, huh, this is odd. The envelope is not sealed and on the front of the envelope it says, City of Coral Gables Garbage Team. That's the area I live in. Inside the envelope is a lovely Christmas-themed flyer that says, Happy Holidays on behalf of the City of Coral Gables Sanitation Engineer Team. We are more than happy to provide you our services year-round. We would like to wish you and your family a Merry Christmas and a prosperous New Year. Kind regards, and it lists the name of five people. I think this is very lovely and I'm feeling all the community outreach but I'm also wondering this flyer is in a pre-stamped envelope not like stamp stamp but it says it has the city of Coral Gables sanitation team on it is this sort of a hint or something for me to leave a little holiday bonus for the sanitation team like is this gesture saying if you would like to give us a little holiday bonus, we made it really easy for you to give us a bonus. I feel like that's what it means because even if I give a little bonus, it couldn't be construed as offensive, correct? Okay, if you think that me leaving a holiday bonus for the sanitation team of my community is in some way offensive, can you please text me at 504-224-9919? Because I'm inclined to give a little holiday bonus, but... I don't want it to be misconstrued. I don't see how it could be, but if someone thinks of a way, please tell me. 
And it lists five people. I mean, I feel like $20 per person is good, right? Fuck, this is hard. Whew. 2024 is approaching and it is an election year. I'm not particularly looking forward to it. I saw a poll about who is a potential front runner and I just have to say, I don't give a fuck. I have now lived through two Obama administrations, one Trump and one Biden. I don't care who you are. There has been someone in that president's office that we all hate at some point. Not hate, like in a harmful way, but significantly disagree with. Here's what I think. I don't think it matters. I mean, it matters, but it doesn't really matter. My life has not changed significantly due to who is in office. I feel like instead of focusing on the people running, we should be focusing on refining our process. Because I feel like the current political process does not produce the best people for the job. Also, this is like a job interview for the most important position in our fucking country. I feel like we don't even do a background check. We don't do a personality test. We don't make the people go through multiple rounds of interviews. They already know their salary up front, but... What the fuck does it matter if everyone who becomes politicians gets rich as fuck? Sorry guys, this is a little political heavy, but I'm not really talking about people. I want I'm talking about the process. I want to hear a plan. I want to hear a plan with specifics. How are we going to give someone the most important job in the country and not hear what their fucking plan is to fix this? I'm not talking about a stupid fucking debate. I'm talking about a written PowerPoint presentation. I need a PowerPoint presentation on how you're gonna fix this shit, bro. I also don't think we should have any political rallies anymore. I told y'all I wouldn't be talking politics. And this really isn't politics, and this is empathy. Please be kind to each other in this upcoming election year. I feel like Finnick in the second to last Hunger Games movie when Katniss thinks that everyone has betrayed her and she sees Finnick running up and he holds his hand up and surrenders and shows her the gold band that he had been given by Hamish and he says to Katniss, Katniss, remember who the real enemy is. And I feel like that's what we need to do. We need to remember that. Like, how the fuck do these politicians work for us but they keep screwing us over? Also, how the fuck do we keep talking about term limits every single year? And I haven't heard of any bill being introduced to implement term limits. We need a different body of government to check these fuckers. We need a fourth checks and balances. We got a legislative body, a judicial body, we got the, the executive body, and I feel like the people need to be the fourth checks and balances. We should be able to override some of the shit y'all do. I don't see why we act like voting is so hard. Like, why don't we make voting easier so everyone can vote? If we can have dual authentication on our phones to log in for whatever, we can vote through our phones. All right, I'ma stop. I'ma stop. I hit a major milestone that I would like to share with y'all. I had a successful trip to the DMV. I had one prior attempt but was told that the DMV was not taking walk-ins and that I would have to leave. I made the most out of the trip though. That's how I discovered my favorite target in Little Havana. But December 10th was the earliest I could get an appointment at the DMV. So I had to wait a few weeks. Right when I arrived at the DMV for my appointment, I was pretty nervous because there was a line of about 50 people waiting outside. This did not appear to be a good sign, and I started feeling a little panicky. As I got closer, I saw that there were actually two lines, 
one that was really long and one that had about 15 people in it. I asked someone in the shorter line what was the difference in the two lines. She told me that the shorter line was for appointments. I was relieved as fuck and I got in line. But the people who were in the longer line, which was the walk-in line, so apparently the DMV does take walk-ins, I guess they just didn't that day that I went there. But the people in the walk-in line were giving me the stank eye. And I don't blame them, but I didn't care. What I like about this DMV was that they would not allow someone with a later appointment time to go before someone who had an earlier appointment time, meaning that the line was going to go in order and that the people with the early appointment time got seen regardless of their place in line. I liked this order and fairness. I had to bring supporting documentation with me like a passport, social security card, proof of residency, and my documents were checked three separate times while I waited. When I got to the first guy outside to check my documentation, he asked me if I was a citizen and it kind of went over my head because he was asking me if I was a citizen of the United States and I didn't really get that. He was like, "Um, ma'am, what are you here for? I was like, I'm here to get an ID. He was like, is this for the first time? I was like, yes. He's like, ma'am, are you a citizen? I was like, yeah, I just moved here. He was like, okay, I'm going to need to see your passport. I was like, okay. So he checked my documents and he gave me a little ticket to go and stand in line inside. And then I stood in line for about 20 minutes. While I waited in line, another employee of the DMV checked my documentation. Once through the line, I approached another official woman who then checked my documentation and gave me a number to sit down. Then I had to wait for my number to be called to be taken to a workstation. Right when I stepped up, the woman asked me, English or Spanish? I said, English. And she was like, Caucasian? I was like, yes. And she was like, oh, you look Hispanic. People are probably going to speak Spanish at you. I was like, people definitely do. And she said, I bet when you said you don't speak Spanish, they're like, oh, yeah, right. Thinking that you're pretending that you don't speak Spanish. I'm like, what? I'm trying to learn Spanish. I did pick out some words I've learned while I was at the DMV. Baby steps. Baby steps for a baby deer. Well, I had my ID picture taken, and I had to do the eye test, which I passed with flying colors, thank goodness. And my picture turned out pretty damn good, but every single person working at the DMV gave everybody options to take multiple photos if they didn't like their photo. I thought that was so kind, because... This photo is what they show on the news if ever anything ever happens to you. Have y'all noticed that? The photo that is put on the news, that is used on the news, is your DMV photo. I, I couldn't take the risk. After that, I had to go to the back to the cashier to pay for my ID and then wait for the idea to come out. The entire process took about two and a half hours, but honestly, it wasn't that bad. I highly recommend if you are going to a DMV in the Miami area to make an appointment online ahead of time. I felt very accomplished. Oh, and I also registered to vote and I am also an organ donor. I saw an article the other day about a woman in Uganda who gave birth to twins at the age of 70 years old. I don't know if you heard me correctly, but I said 70 years old as in seven zero, as in seven decades. I feel like I keep hearing stories about women having children past the supposed time of fertility. 
I just feel like we really haven't tested fertility adequately. I was watching Queen Charlotte or Bridgerton or one of them, and the girls were in their like in their late 20s, and they were told that they couldn't have kids anymore. Like, does our science community do research on fertility later in life? I just don't trust shit now. Like, for example, is there not a better way to get imaging of a breast through a mammogram? Like, it squishes the fuck out of your titty. There's gotta be a better way. I don't know. Ooh, while I was sunbathing in my Art Basel Sphere daybed, I was thinking that I wanted to have one club experience, at least one club experience in Miami. Now that I'm almost 35, I've got about four wild nights per year in me. Essentially, one wild night per quarter. Wild nights for me mean staying out past 3 a.m., like having plans after midnight. Because the reality is, in that scenario, you're not getting home before like 4 or 5 a.m. And that's essentially when I wake up every morning to journal, cry, and drink my coffee. And if I know I'm having myself a wild night, I can adequately prepare. I will need to be hydrated, take my vitamins, implement a low-impact workout routine, do a Biore nose strip, get my hair colored. Well, I can't really do that right now because my girl's in New Orleans. Shout out to Katie at Mood Salon. But I do use that hair color spray to keep the grays away. Spray the gray away. And obviously, I have time to pick out a killer outfit. Now, since I'm an empty nester, putting together a sick Luke is kind of what I live for right now, and I finally have the confidence to try. And if I only need to put together a killer look a few times a year, then I feel good about putting so much effort into it. And honestly, for the first fucking time in my entire adult life, I am only dressing for myself. I would actually prefer if I go out to like not talk to anyone, to have no one talk to me, and just vibe and listen to music without interruption. I'm just going to wear a sign that says, stop interrupting my grinding. So I started doing a little research about clubs in Miami. And I instantly became intimidated. The clubs have a dress code. And part of that dress code is that women have to wear high heels. What constitutes a high heel? Would it be okay if I came with a doctor's note saying that I have two knee surgeries and I can't wear high heels? (laughs) They would for sure deny me entry. I mean, I can wear high heels and I absolutely have, but my feet are already hurting at the thought of wearing high heels all night. How old was Judd Apatow's wife's character in Knocked Up? What is her name? Oh, it's Leslie Mann. When she tried to get into that club and she was denied entry by the doorman... And he specifically told her that she was too old for the club. I need to know how old she was in that movie. Hold please while I look this up. Y'all, I shit you not, Leslie Mann was 35 and knocked up. I better practice my doorman speech when I get denied in the club for being too old. Oh my goodness. So I was telling my daughter about my Miami club dreams and that I was thinking that I would have my first club experience in 2024, but definitely not soon because I don't know anybody here and I'm not going to a club alone. Lo and behold, my friend gave me a little ring the other day and said that she's going to be in Miami for a conference and asked if I would be interested in going out with her and her friends and in fact, 
they are going to a club. So, it looks like I'm going to have my first club experience in 2023. So it's technically not my first club experience ever. When I grew up, there was a teen night and it was in a club. Oh, I mean, how fucking embarrassing. It definitely shut down. I don't think it's even there anymore. Actually, it may have been blown away with Hurricane Katrina. But yeah, totally went to a teen night at the club. And I did go to a club in New Orleans in October to see DJ James Kennedy. That was very fun and I had a fantastic time. But I feel like the Miami club scene is going to be on another fucking level. I really need to pump myself up. But this is going to be good. This is going to be good. It's just coming up really soon. Sooner than expected. Like I am not prepared. Like the day this podcast comes out is the day that I'm going to the club. So I'm going to need y'all to send me happy thoughts and positive thinking and protection. Okay, I'm really excited about this, but this is also a bit fearful. Let's be honest though, the only way I will go to a club is if we pitch in for a private section. Because I cannot stand up the entire time in fucking high heels. I know I'm totally new to this and shouldn't be complaining, but I think the high heels rule is stupid. I like to wear sneakers a lot. I just think it's incredibly sexist to make women wear high heels or they can't come in. Would it be odd to email the club and ask if a two to three inch thigh high boot is acceptable? Okay, here's the dress code for the club on their website. Proper dress attire required. The venue reserves the right to deny entry at the doorman's discretion. Fucking doorman. No tank tops, no sleeveless t-shirts, no shorts, no excessive baggy clothing, no sandals, flip-flops, dirty athletic sneakers. Hmm, what about those sneakers that are intentionally look dirty, but they're not dirty? What then, doorman? No flats for the ladies. No beach attire. No extra, ba- no extra baggy tees. No jerseys or athletic wear. No hats. Huh. There are also clubs that are 24 hours. I'm going to have to take like three naps before going. I'm going to start napping today and nap every day until I go to the club because I cannot imagine I'm going to do this again for another three to six months. All in all, I'm very excited. And I can't wait to see my friend. She asked me to do a little recon on the Miami club scene. And this is something I would normally do. I would normally take the lead and handle things. But I can't be doing that right now. And when I responded to my friend's text, I said, I am like a baby deer who can barely walk. I don't know shit about fuck and I can't take the lead on this one. Sorry. I'm pretty excited that I actually get to go do something in Miami with a group of people. But my feet already hurt. Thank you all for listening to episode 15 of The Rich Room. Text this baby deer and let me know what you think I should wear to the club at 504-224-9919. Follow me at Lindsay underscore Sobel and also follow at The Rich Room Podcast. Leave us five stars everywhere you can. And if you're feeling frisky, leave me a review. See you later, sinners.